Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. This week we look ahead to the season's second major as Beth Page Black hosts the US PGA Championship. We'll also look back on the British Masters and stay tuned till the end for our US PGA Championship quiz. Guys, it's Brooks Kepka. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you guys to the Golf Monthly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark, and as ever, I am joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Very good, thanks, Tom. Now, Elliot, last week you were quite depressed. You said that you were going to give up your golf membership because you were you kept on choking over the last few holes. Has there any been any positive news since last week? Well, I had a very good week. Yeah, I played uh, Swinley Forest on Friday which is a stunning course if you've never played that. Um, probably my favourite course I've ever played. I played well around Crikey, there. Crikey, that's... Well... It's, yeah, it's well up there. Um, Saturday, I then won my match with my doubles partner, Andy. So we're through to the third round. And Andy said the shot I hit to win the match was the best shot he's ever seen in his life. Andy's easily pleased, obviously. Uh, and then Sunday, I went and won... Uh, round two of the spring meeting so I, just like last week I was one over par after nine holes and I managed to finish it off this week so I, you did you shoot under par no I shot one over par I shot level par on the back nine uh, for 40 points which one on count back uh, got me down to 4.6 wow so nearly at four nearly yeah. what's the lowest you've ever been 4.6 now wow so you point two. you only need point two, yeah Can't. yeah but I don't know if I can talk about this, but... but well, let, well, well, let's see I if, could, it, if he makes it or not. So I played Swinley Forest with the Artisans, and I could become an Artisan member at Swinley Forest for about £20 a month because I live within the two-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very tempting. You can only play... Well, and what for people who don't times. know, what's an Artisan member? What do they have to do? What's well, the this one here, you have to go and do divoting to two hours a month is 24 hours a year two hours a month 24 hours a year is what you just said yeah two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you do so what you're saying you need to do 24 hours of divoting a year which works out as two hours a month yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently they do more than two hours a month though because they're just great guys well yeah exactly you wonder that, that's the thing with Artisan members is that yeah you have to work for your membership which is which is, I think, great a great way of uh, getting a golf membership because it actually makes you really look after and appreciate the yeah. golf course. It's nice to sometimes be outside in the beautiful surroundings and obviously you then get a cheaper membership. Obviously there's restrictions when you can play, aren't there, and stuff like that. Yeah, but they're quite nice when now I have a, a house and a girlfriend and it's they're quite nice timings. It doesn't take the whole day to go and play golf. It's very tempting. Yeah, and I, th- I think that people should definitely look at the golf courses that they live nearby and see if they've got an artisan. Oh, and some of the courses membership. that they play as well for free. Yeah, in the matches: Sunningdale, Walton Heath, the Berkshire, yeah, St George's Hill, etc. Yeah, so um, yeah, I definitely think that's something you should, if you want to do it. The only thing I don't see you doing, I don't think you're very good at manual labour, Elliot. Really, what makes you say that? Because I just knowing you. Yeah, just knowing you. So, um, yeah, TV's still wonky. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why because you put up your TV last week and it was wonky. Yeah, and um, you keep on killing your goldfish, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have goldfish. <laughs> but yeah, I think getting out there and filling in some divots and uh, yeah, raking bunkers, raking bunkers. That is that was exactly what was the next thing I was going to say. Stuff um, like that because it helps out obviously the the, the full time greenkeeper staff, and I think it's a great way of doing it. So yeah, maybe listen to the Clubhouse podcast by Golf Monthly whilst I'm doing it. Just what a great idea! Yeah, yeah. If you're allowed to do that. And um, what about you? Did you have a good weekend? Uh, I had a reasonably busy weekend. I say this every week, but you look a bit tired. Today. I'm a bit tired. Uh, yes, that's mainly down to. A, a three-year-old and not sleeping. Um, no, no, good. Play cricket Saturday. We lost. I scored twenty-one. That's all we need to talk about. That. So not Sunday had a family barbecue. Week. So no golf, unfortunately. Anyway, let's go on to some professional golf and what happened. And we were 
obviously in the UK the, the weekend just gone with the uh, European Tours British Masters, which was played at Brilliant Hillside, which I have played. Uh, Marcus Kinnock won his maiden European Tour title. 22-year-old Swede finished birdie birdie to beat Matt Wallace, Eddie Pepperell and Robert McIntyre by one at Hillside. Kinnock moves 112th in the world. He had missed six of his last seven cuts, so he's just one of those guys who obviously just had a very, very good week, which does happen. Uh, tournament host Tommy Fleetwood was tied eighth, six back. Uh, it was also announced that Lee Westwood is going to be hosting again next year at Close House, which will be at the end of July, start of August. And we think that that could have a good effect on the tournament because there was a few negative headlines at the start of the week about the quality of the field. Matt Wallace said it was a real shame that there wasn't more of the tour's big, big names in attendance. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with Matt Wallace. He said it was a massive shame, didn't he? He was pretty much the headline name, along with Eddie Pepperell and tournament host Tommy Fleetwood. So there were only two Ryder Cuppers there from last year, whereas the year before there were three and a few other big names. It's a shame, really. It's a shame. So I, my brother went up to uh, to watch it. He got given it tickets for a Christmas present. And uh, he absolutely loved it because... He hadn't been to Hillside before, hadn't, hadn't, didn't really know about the course, said the course was superb. But also what he said was really good, having, he's been to a couple of Opens before, said it just wasn't as busy, it still was busy, but it wasn't as busy, and you had really good access to view the players. I mean, Hillside is one of those courses where it's got quite big dunes around it, so you can just stand or sit on those dunes and just watch the players come. But he got quite close to some of the, the big names, so if they... Because I think if they got too many big names, it would make it too busy. Is that, is oh, that, is, that's is, not a bad It's just a question. Thing. It's just a question. No, they need to make it a Rolex series event and they need to get it a proper date in the schedule. Yeah. Maybe next year will be really good at the end yeah. of July. So it looks like it'd be maybe the week after the Open? No, it's two weeks after two the weeks Open. Two weeks after the Open. So hopefully some of the big names are still around. But I don't know if that clashes with the WGC or... Yeah, we don't. We wanted not clashing with one of these big, big uh, name events. And I mean, if they get it into a Rolex event, then that'd be great. Whether they do that or not, I don't know. But I think that where it's it could be placed at the end of July could be really good because I know it was a bit grim the first couple of days weather-wise wasn't great. But then they had a glorious weekend, didn't they? So, and the course looked fantastic, and it's a fantastic course. Really, really like the side. Um, but sorry. What well, I wrote a little piece how don't to apologize. improve the British Masters. If you're a top 50 player, you have three options. You skip golf that week for the PGA the next week, or you play the British Masters for a £3 million purse, which is an eight-hour flight away, a five-hour time difference, or you play in Texas for an $8 million purse, which is a three-hour flight and one-hour time difference. I think I understand what you're saying. Basically, kind there was no incentive for any good player to go and play that event. I which don't is, agree with that. Which this tournament schedulers should have foreseen. There is, but for any European player, they know, any any European player on the tour, they know they're going to have one of their best crowds of the year there that they're going to get from a, a normal European tour event. They know any British player or Irish player, for that matter. Um, know that they're going to get really good support they're going to get looked after really well and all, and all that so I think there's a lot of incentives there and the chance for your, your, your family to go and see if you're, if, if you're close and buy and stuff like that now I do take your point about if you're in the PGA field you know what you're going to do it's not that bad a flight over from Liverpool to New York is it I've never done it. But, um, <laughs> a five-hour time difference is quite a lot, especially when there's not really any world ranking points or money or anything like that. But what I would but say... There is, but there is... I know that compared to the PGA Tour, you're saying, oh, there's no money and there's no world ranking points. There's a fewer. But there's still a decent prize. Yeah, there's for still, someone like Marcus Kinnell, it's yeah, a massive Yeah, exactly. That's, that was going to be my point. I mean, he's now changed his, his, his year and maybe his whole career around. Because now he's going to have to be exempt, he's going to get into other things, he's going to have a chance to really climb up the world rankings. So for him, it's very much a, a, an important week. And if you actually look who was second, I mean, Matt Wallace and Eddie Pepperell were second. That's decent, isn't it? They're two very, very decent golfers 
who have been playing brilliantly well than been actually pushing for majors. Yeah, they're almost getting to the point now where they need to start playing P- PGA Tour golf more often. And I think this is just more evidence of what so you're Rory Macro- they, So you're saying that they should move from the European Tour to... They're going to use the European Tour as a stepping stone up to the PGA Tour? That's exactly what I was going to say. I think this is the example that Rory McIlroy said earlier this year about the European Tour being a stepping stone. Um, yeah, Eddie Pepper was 33rd in the world or something like that. Matt Wallace is inside the top 50. They're both playing the PGA this week, and I think, yeah, they'll but be... They're, but they're two guys, especially, who I feel that they are. They love to play in England, or because they're English, or Britain. Pepperell obviously was defending champion as well. Um, so I've ranted on the podcast before about defending champions, making sure that they go back to yeah, oh, defend to the title. Uh, but I think, Pe- why wouldn't Pepperell keep on going back? If he keeps on finishing second or top five in the, these events, because he's maybe up courses that he's played before and he thinks he might have advantage on then actually you're going to get a lot of world ranking points and you're going to get a lot of money yeah wait till he starts winning majors though like Francesca Molinari and Roy McIlroy and Justin Rose and Paul Casey they're the guys that can't be bothered to turn up to events like this and, well I think can't be bothered quite strong because they didn't <laughs> they weren't playing last week were they no in Texas at all so it's not like they said oh your argument saying oh well they can play in Texas or they can play Masters, actually, it's, the problem is that it's the week before a major and a lot of players like to have that week off so they can get properly prepared and, and rested. So that's the, the calendar issue. I think if it's actually put in a, at a, a proper time, which next year it could be, because it could be right after the Open, um, then I think we could see quite a few play, people there. Okay, I'm gonna and start- going, I'm going back to your Rory point, you're saying that Rory uh, was using European Tour as a a stepping stone. Well, we had news last week that he now joined the European Tour for 2019. We weren't sure what was going on with him. We weren't sure um, about his schedule, and it seems that he's the penny has dropped. That he now realizes that he can play enough events um, because the, the majors are now finished by July to be able to have a, a European Tour card and uh, be challenging maybe for the race to buy November. Yeah, brilliant news, isn't it's it? brilliant. I can't wait to see him at Wentworth. He's playing the Scottish Open first, then he's doing the Amiga European Masters at Kransas. Yeah, even that's going to be a massive week now, isn't it? Yeah, which is it, it should be because it's one of the most spectacular golf courses in the world. Uh, and then, yeah, Wentworth is what he is reportedly playing as well. So I think we'll go there in person and cover it. You know, take your, take your autograph book. No, <laughs> but yeah, go see the Heather. Yeah, but that, that, that but that's again that getting the, the tournaments in the right place at the right times of the year. So Wentworth uh, in May, which it has been for a good few years, never felt right. The course wasn't quite ready because it's still spring. Not, I mean, it never felt right. To me, it never felt right. It always felt too early in the season. Really? Yeah, I always feel that that the weather wasn't always great. It was always a bit chilly. The course wasn't as it should be because it's not the height of summer and all the plants are up and everything's you know growing and 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 you know enjoying it itself it still was coming out of sometimes what was quite a harsh winter so now it's a much better time of the year what time of the year is it now mid-september exactly mid-september where we've seen in the last few years september's been glorious hasn't it lovely dry september's we could have a great um, great tournament. Wentworth's going to look its absolute best. And I've said before, I would still remember Wentworth match play, that end of summer feel. I think Wentworth feels great. And um, people, it should, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. <laughs> well, clearly. Best tournament of the year, that is, outside the majors. Well, For any European. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They need to try and, they need to try and make it into something bigger than it has been because it has not been supported no brilliantly although it is always very well supported by fans and and players but the top players in the game have not have sometimes missed it so now with the majors gone hopefully we'll get a good field there so great stuff and talking of the pj tour there was the at&t byron nelson last weekend sun kang won his first pj tour title he became the 10th korean to win on the pj tour he had seven birdies in his four under par final round of 67 to win by two. Scott Piercy went bogey free for the entire tournament. The first time anyone has done that since Charles Howe III did it at the 2010 Greenbrier, and he finished second with Matt Every. It's a bit unlucky, isn't it? 
feels a bit sort like, of. Feel, I, do you know what it feels like? It feels like Scott Piercy had a Liverpool weekend. Didn't really do anything wrong, but then still, <laughs> still got pipped. I saw post. I saw Piercy have like a eight foot birdie putt or something that he didn't even threaten the hole with. So perhaps all week, or maybe three and a half rounds through, he thought, do you know what? I'm going to try and avoid bogeys now and just lagged up all his putts. And we finished second, then it. I'm not so, well, I guess I'm slagging <laughs> just, off. Just, <laughs> but, so you're attacking the guy. But Charles 72, Howell, holes, 72 holes without a bogey. No, that is, that is very impressive, but clearly... If I go two holes without a bogey, I'm over the moon. Clearly he didn't play as well as Sun Kang do. Um, but Charles Howell III didn't win either when he went bogey-free for the whole yeah. tournament. So. Exactly. Other big name, Kupka finished fourth, looking good for his PJ Championship defence. Yeah, one of the favourites this week. Uh, Tony Romo, did you see any of him? Who's... Well, OK, I've got, I see on your running order, you've said Tony Romo, Mr. Cut, at eight over par. Give me some facts about Tony Romo. NFL legend. Why is he an NFL legend? Um, he never won the the Super Bowl, apparently, <laughs> but apparently still a legend. What, what, what was his position? Um, catcher. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most famous position in football? Quarterback. Correct. And who did he play for? The Dallas Cowboys. Yes. So he's in his hometown of Dallas. I don't actually. Is it his hometown? I don't is know. Is he from Dallas? I don't know. But he got to two under par on the first day after like seven holes. And then the wheels royally came off. They do like a different, a sportsman from a, a different sport uh, coming, having a go at playing golf, don't they? Oh, I loved it. Who else? Who else has done that? Can you can you name any other people who have tried to play in a pro event? Kafelnikov, the Russian that, tennis player. Exactly who I was thinking. Um, Steph Shev- Curry. Steph Curry, I think he. Yeah, but didn't Shevchenko? I've, Shevchenko once opened a door for me at Sunningdale. Oh wow. <laughs> Did he know who he's opened the door for? I used to caddy at Queenwood and he plays quite a lot down there. Yeah. Not very tall, is he? Quite short. No. Um, Left-hander. Yeah. There must be some other players out there who've tried to switch sports to golf. Jimmy Bullard. Yes, he did try. Julian Dix, ex-West Ham left-back. It's probably a bit before your time. But yeah, Romo, well, Romo did all right. And it shows, I think, what we're talking about, that how we feel about that tournament. Is a bit of a non-event. But, so I had um, Sam Tremlett stayed around mine on Thursday night. Because really? we played Swindley the next day. And we were both watching the golf at night and just loved watching Tony Romo. It's like when you watch Tiger, you want to see every single shot. We just wanted to see every single shot of Tony Romo. Yeah. And that's just a lot a about... That. story to follow. It, it is, but it also says a lot about that golf event. And you're saying that... Yeah. This is the thing. It's all very well saying, oh, we, you know, are the... What event was better at the weekend? Was it the British Masters or the AT&T? Of course, the British Masters. Exactly. And that had a had a smaller prize pool. It had less world ranking points. But that's the, um, a better quality test of, that, of golf. In the yeah, game. the PJ Tour course looked awful. It's just wide open, barely any trees. But yeah, it was, uh, it was gripping. If Tony Romo wasn't playing on Thursday night, we would have watched the second half of the Arsenal game. Because we switched over after the football because Arsenal were already through at that point. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, I know also that Sam is a massive um, American sports fan. And we're going to hear from Sam now. Good about, segue, though. Well, yeah, just about. With, um, his, with his view from the clubhouse. And it's all about the USPGA Championship. So the USPGA Championship starts on Thursday. It's at Bethpage State Park's Black Course. Uh, which is hosts its third major championship after the 2002 and 2009 US Opens. And Sam's going to give a little bit of a uh, his own thoughts about the event and the course and a few other things. So here's Sam. Hello everyone. The view from the clubhouse is back after a few absent weeks. My name is Sam Chimlett. And before I start, now I promise I was not being lazy and not recording anything for the podcast. It was simply a case of there being plenty of guests with a lot more intriguing things to say. Uh, compared to myself so anyway let's look at the golf let's take a look at the pga championship shall we of course it's being held at bethpage black uh, a course that i mainly remember uh, as being incredibly difficult because i used to play it on the old tiger woods pga tour games now i have four vivid memories of tough holes on that course because of that game uh, the par three third which measures at 230 yards or something was I thought it was impossible in every way, but I've just learned that it was stroke and next 18, so it's apparently the easiest hole on the course, so that 
puts into perspective how difficult the rest of the course is. Um, the next one I remember is five, being a tough par four up the hill. 15 was another, was another one. They're both measuring at 478 yards. And then finally, the par three seventeenth. I also remember being impossible to land the ball, especially when the pin was on the front right. Yeah, so that game basically gave me a clear idea about what the course uh, was and, well, still is. I must admit, it's it's been a course that has always interested me, mainly because it is a publicly owned course. Anyone can play it pretty much at any time. Uh, a lot of the time, though, because it's so popular, you might have to camp out the night before. Also, I've, I looked up today. It's actually pretty cheap to go on and play any of the courses as well. So <laughs> next time I go to New York, I will be going and trying to play one of them. I also like it because of its history. If you're into that kind of thing like I am, uh, I kind of recommend John Feinstein's book called Open. It's Inside the Ropes at Bethpage Black. He wrote famously a book called A Good Walk Spoiled, which is a golf book I'm sure many of you have heard of. So Feinstein is a brilliant writer. In short, he describes the history of the course uh, in brilliant detail. It explains how Bethpage became the first true public course to host a US Open and how so many things had to be organised and approved before it was actually awarded the tournament. From Feinstein's research and writing, we learned that basically everything about organising the tournament before, during and after had so many difficulties around it, um, chief among which was how the course fell into serious disrepair over the years and had to be transformed and subtly redesigned to make it playable and tough enough to thoroughly test the pros. The man responsible for this was Reese Jones, who made small changes to uh, A.W. Tillinghurst's original design, and it proved to be an enormous success. Tiger Woods obviously turned out to be the only player to break par during that 2002 tournament, and it was very much a watershed moment for the course, and it's great to see a major return there after a decade now, of course, um, after a, a second US Open in 2009. Those are my main factors and memories of Bethpage Black, and it's just brilliant to see it go back there. Now, I'm nearly done now, I promise. I will finish by asking you listeners a favour quickly. Those of you listening who have just bought newish clubs or you know someone who has bought clubs, then please get in touch with us. Uh, every month we do a Tested by You section in the magazine where you could win a £50 foremost golf voucher if we select yours to be published in the magazine. So what we need from you is your name, your handicap, where you are from, the club you bought, and then you need to answer two questions. Number one, why did you decide to buy the product? And two, how has the product been performing? If any of this interests you, the prize interests you or something like that, please send your reviews to golfmonthly at ti-media.com. Once again, chat to you soon, and obviously, come on Tiger at Bethpage, am I right, folks? Chat to you soon. So there was Sam. A couple of things. Firstly, his reader gear reviews page that he does in the magazine, which uh, he mentioned. Sounds like easy money to me. Chance to win £50 voucher just sending in a, a gear review. I know. If anybody is wondering what a Foremost voucher is, Foremost are the company that work with all the professional shops at golf clubs around the country so that is a very good opportunity there yeah. what would be your gear review uh what's the best bit of gear that you you use this year my irons mizuno mp5s hashtag nothing feels like a mizuno <laughs> quite mine you were liking that cobra driver uh, that's exactly what i was going to say the cobra driver this year that was king f9 speedback yeah absolutely superb Every one of my, <laughs> every one of my drives went forward, <laughs> which is good for me. So uh, no, no, that, that's really good. So yeah, if you've got a new bit of gear in the in the bag, you know, very easy. Drop us a, drop us a line and uh, get involved with that. Um, but also, you talk about the course there, of course, and uh, it is one of those iconic courses. I think the name helps. The signpost, the signpost on the first tee is on Tiger Woods. Everything, so people really like it. Obviously, Tiger won there as well. It's a public course. Yeah, there's a really good article I I read on the on the web last week about um, a couple who went to to play Bethpage, and what you have to do is you have to turn up the night before. Yeah, I didn't know that. And park in the car park and sleep in your car, and then early doors they come around with wristbands. And once you've got a wristband, you're in. And then I think about whatever time it is when the sun rises, you go to the club shop, you've, you have to show your wristband, and then they they uh, they give you all your cards and everything like that. That's quality. They obviously, yeah, obviously you've got to 
you got to pay a bit of money for it. And oh, stuff it's like. only like one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, think. it's not too bad, Which really. It's um, probably half the price of the open venues here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's it's one of those interesting quirks um, of a golf course, and it's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, long rough, tight fairways, long seven thousand five hundred yards. Yeah, long course. So um, don't think Zach Johnson will be winning this week. Or, <laughs> or Brian Gay or someone. So we've like got that. a couple of par fours over five hundred yards. We've got a par five over six hundred yards. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, Tiger won there in two thousand two. Lucas Glover was victorious there. The US Open in two thousand nine, which was very weather delayed. They had to, to put it back to the Monday. Um, it's the first US PGA Championship, which is going to be played in May as well since nineteen forty nine. So obviously the last. Since we remember, really, I can remember, uh, it's been played in August. It's always been known as Glory's Last Hope, your last chance to win a major in a year. Not anymore. It's now your second uh, major. Do you think that's, that's a good thing? Do you think it's worked out well with the Yeah, calendar? I think the schedule this year is brilliant for the fans. Um, in terms of this tournament, it looks very cold this week. I've seen Tiger Woods wearing his woolly hat, um, lots of uh, waterproofs. So that should be interesting on that long course. It's yeah. really... It could make it even longer, really, yeah. won't it? So we're thinking, oh, you know, if um, the 600-yard par five, I mean, that's going to be reachable if there's a bit of run on the ball. But actually, if there's none, and if and, you know, and you miss the fairway, if the rough, I don't think the rough is going to be brutal, but it's going to be penal. Um, it could, you could be struggling to get to some of these par fours and par fives. So it could be a really interesting week. It probably will suit the big straight hitters, which there are. Several in the field: Kupka, DJ, Rory, gotta be favourites. Tiger, if he can can control his driver, um, maybe someone like Tony Finau. You don't know. And back to the schedule, it feels like the Masters was only the other day, doesn't it? Whereas normally we'd have to wait all the way until June for the next major. It's so unique and quite interesting to have another major yeah, so it this gives, close it gives a really good flow to the season doesn't it yeah so we've had players in march masters pga us open then the of course the open championship and then oh, we're all going to be done by july but then actually no we don't we have lots of other things to look forward to we have wentworth which we've already spoken about we have the fedex cup playoffs which have you know probably will i think sit a little bit better completely out the way Couple of WGCs. October's a good month as well. Yeah. The Zozo Championship, the CJ Cup, the WGC HSBC Championship. The Zozo Championship. Yeah, the Japanese one. I know it. I know it. With a massive field. Uh, sorry, the massive purse, and then also the European Tour Finals, which has a three million euro first prize. Yeah. So really, really good looking field. Um, back to this week. Obviously, Kupka defends his title. He won last August at Belle Reve. And he's one storyline, but obviously also Jordan Spieth still aiming to complete the career Grand Slam. Almost for every major at the moment, we seem to be talking about some golfer who's going to be, have a chance to complete the uh, Grand Slam. Last month it was Rory at the Masters. Didn't happen. Do we think Spieth's going to do it this week? I want to be open-minded, but I don't think so, no. I haven't seen I would be rough, shocked, yeah. because Spieth's not playing very well, firstly. That's the biggest hurdle. Even if he has a good week, his his long game's got to be on point, and he's been really struggling with his long game. Um, and if he can't control his driver or his irons, then he's not going to be able to reach. He's going to have to be getting up and down on every hole, uh, which is going to put a lot, a lot of pressure on him. I would be really shocked if Spieth won. I can't believe famous he, last words. I know. Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't won since the 2017 Open at Birkdale. Well, yeah, it's two years now. Yeah, it's two years, but his game was built around that incredible putting stroke and just being able to get up, up and down and being solid. And he just has not been solid. So, um, and I think he's he's um, he's a little bit down at the moment. So hopefully, if he turns himself around, gets a bit more positive, I think he'll, he he will be back at the top of the leaderboards before we know it. What I would say is that the game of golf without Jordan Spieth playing his best is definitely suffering. I think he adds so much to it. He's entertaining to watch. He's great off the course. He's very respectful. He's a lovely guy. Um, yeah, no, I do miss I'm, Jordan. I don't top. completely. Agree. Yeah, he's not. He's not really I'm loved not, here, is he? No, I, I think he's doing quite well. 
I'd much rather have Tiger at the top than Spieth. Of course. But, but Spieth ra- definitely adds I'd something. I'd much rather have Tiger and Molinari and Rory and Kupka going for but it. Below Tiger and McElroy, Spieth is by far the biggest name in golf. I think the, the biggest loss this week is no Justin Thomas. Yeah, that's a big Justin loss. Thomas obviously won the PGA Championship. I think he's he's much more exciting player to watch than Spieth. He... Uh, when he did it, was it when he ran the PJ when he was hitting those hitting that par five in two, the six hundred yard par five? No, that was the USA. USA, and that was it. Aaron he, Hills. He, he just goes. For it. He's a really aggressive golfer. And I think he could have done so well at at Beth Page. I think the fans would have got really behind him. The fans this week—that's something we haven't spoken about. They're going to be raucous. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be mashed potato, left, right, and centre. There's going to be get in the holes. There's going to be. Tiger, this Tiger, that, and uh, it's Ian Poulter is going to be getting some views. <laughs> you can imagine. I, yeah, I'd take his earplugs if I was I was Ian Poulter. Um, it's going to be loud. So if you don't like lots of Americans shouting at golfers, uh, this tournament's probably not going to be the one for you. But I'd we look forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Continuing with the speed, sorry, there was a funny clip on Scratch where he hit a tee shot and someone just went, mashed potato! <laughs> and he gave them a very dirty look. Yeah, it's going to be that all... all I remember when they played at Beth Page in 2009. That was, Luke, yeah, when Lucas Glover won. And they were counting how many times Sergio Garcia was re-gripping. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would go, they would go one, two, three, four, and they were shouting. And, you know, it's... It was quite full on. And, um, yeah, I think there'll be a bit of that. There'll be a bit of naughty behaviour. Yeah. There'll be... but it, It'll be a great atmosphere. It, 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 I think it'll be a fantastic atmosphere. Especially if Tiger's up there. And the, the weather... Although we said the weather, it's, it's supposed to be pretty cold and a few showers, but it doesn't look like it's going to be weather delay, bad weather. It looks like it's just going to be a little bit miserable. Just like a week in England, really, it, doesn't uh, it? There's a, <laughs> Cloudy and yeah, if, cold. Yeah. Having had to play uh, a bit of sport uh, the last couple of weekends in England, I've been under a lot of jumpers and been trying to avoid hail and rain. So uh, I think they're going to be really testing conditions and hopefully that means that a um, one of the better players in the world will come through. Uh, if they Who can. are you picking this week? Good, good question. So I have done my betting tips already, of course. Uh, if you want to see my full USPGA Championship betting tips, do Google golf betting tips, and you'll we'll be at the top of the page. Uh, and I'll be updating throughout the week as I do a majors. So after every round, we'll be updating with who we see is the good value. That has helped before. We got Francesco Molinari at eighty to one uh, at the cut at the Open Championship last year, which he obviously won. So. But who am I going for beforehand? Well, Francesco Molinari is one of my picks. He's twenty-three to one. I cannot believe he's twenty-three to one. Can you? I think the bookies and punters feel like Tiger Woods has just completely destroyed him. But let's hope that he can come back. Uh, but, but why do you think that? That's, that, that would be that would because be, I mean, Tiger's favourite now, ten to one with Dustin Johnson, both about ten to one. Because after sixty-three holes at the Masters, Francesco Molinari was the best player in the world and. He was golf's dominant player, and suddenly nine holes later, he was down in the doldrums and twenty-three to one to win the next major. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, but that was Molinari played very well at the Masters, and he's been playing very well all, ever. Well, played very well all of last year. He did choke at the Masters. Though, he did he? not <laughs> choke at the Masters. We've been through this. Yeah. I, you know, that was just the pressure of going down the stretch at the Masters and not quite executing your shots. I mean, Tiger very nearly choked at the Masters, didn't he? If Kupka had held one of his birdie putts on the 17 or 18, Tiger would have been in a playoff. So, you know, there's small margins, isn't there? Small margins. Tiger would have parred the last if he needed to. But what I, why I like Molinari, going from the positive point of view, is because I think he's going to need someone who's hitting the ball really well and hitting it straight, obviously. And Molinari, we've, we've talked about this before, has changed his game to hit it a bit further than he had before to try and keep up with the other the big hitters. And he's hitting the ball really far and really straight, which is going to do you well at any And cost. he's, like we thought the Masters, he's the best putter in the world, really, at the moment. Yeah. He's so he'll be was, able to was, was scramble superb. it around. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit when McElroy had that collapse in 2011 and then went and won the next major. Yeah. Perhaps he could go and do that. 
Exactly. He could that's actually, a very could, good pick there, Tom. He could, oh, well, we'll wait and see if it's a good pick. Uh, I've also gone for Ricky Fowler. Which I don't I, think that's uh, a very good pick. <laughs> which I know you don't like Ricky Fowler because you think he's a choker. And um, the reason why I've picked Ricky Fowler is because he is hit, he's in the ball nicely this year. He has won. He was fourth in his last event. He also, the last time they played at Bethpage, he was the 54-hole leader. So he has played well oh, at yeah, the course that. before. He obviously then did have a, a bit of a bad final round. Um, so yeah, Fowler twenty to one. I think again is slightly longer than he should be. Obviously that is because the bookies obviously taking a lot of money on Tiger and a lot of money on DJ. No doubt that's happening as well. And then should I give one more? Yeah. So the last time Fowler was there yep. it was at the 2016 Barclays wasn't it yep. so he was 52 and hole so leader who, and, yeah, and he was 52 hole leader so who was the 72 hole leader i.e. the winner Captain it, America it was Patrick Reed, who is my final pick which I'll be re- uh, revealing on here he's 50 to 1 which I think is pretty long odds as well I think that's yeah very he long he has had a weird season where he I think he's played 13 events and he's only missed one cut which is obviously good but he hasn't had a top 10 so I feel that he's got a chance. I think fifty to one is very good odds for him. If you if you're suddenly a horse for a course, this happens in majors. Obviously, just look at Tiger at Augusta. Um, if he suddenly finds his game clicking into gear and his putter getting red hot, then fifty to one I think is fantastic odds. Yeah, no, I think that's a great shout. Um, who I'm picking this week? Oh, hello, John Rahm. Yes. Um, yeah. I think this could be his week. Do you know what odds he is? He's twenty to one, I think. And then also Hideki Matsuyama at about forty-five or fifty. Yeah. Matsuyama, who, um, yeah, I think Matt, that's a that's a good shout. He hasn't missed a cut in like a year, and he's well up the strokes gained tee to green stats. Yeah, he the, the one out. issue with Matsuyama, and he's due. He is. Well, he no, he is absolutely because this time last year, we were talking about Matsuyama for everything. And um, it just, just just didn't happen for him last year, did it? Um, the one issue Matsuyama has is his putting. Can he knock in those four-footers, five-footers? Long putting-wise, he's fine. It's just yeah. those, those little testers which he seems to have an issue with. He should have won the PGA um, when... 2017, two years ago. Yeah, when the, 2017. He had six or seven tiny birdie putts. Not tiny, but like six-foot birdie putts. And he just missed... All of them. I know that because I had money on him. Um, so he is more than capable and 45 to 1. If we'd been talking about it last year and he's 45 to 1, take your hand off for it. So, uh, yeah, really good. Any others? You've given two, that's enough. That's enough. But yeah, I really do seriously back John Rahm this week. I think this is his time. He's had eight top tens already this year. He's a clutch player. Is he going to, is he going to get too hot headed? And I do wonder. Possibly, yeah. I do wonder. This is one thing we've spoken about the crowds. I do wonder how Ram will react if he gets a bit of a, you know, a bit of verbals from the. Yeah, he's not going to get great support, is he? he might I get don't think. I mean, a... I think Ram, Ram probably, Ram and New Yorkers would probably get on quite well because they're both wear their heart on their sleeve and. You never know. They, he might get he might get a bit of support out there because I think people quite like that he's passionate. Yeah, but a Spaniard, a European Ryder Cup player who yeah. took down Tiger in the singles as well. Yep, that's the thing um, he's going to. And if it, you can either go one or two ways, you can either um, play along with the crowd, and you know I think get try and get them on side, or you can make them their enemy, and you try and use that energy to try and prove them that you're. The, the best. It'd be interesting to see which way uh, Ram goes this week, but he will have to contend with that, no doubt. A couple of others. Um, I do actually quite fancy Ian Poulton. I mentioned him, not to win or anything, but uh, I've, I could see, easily see him finishing in the top five or ten. He's had great experience playing in front of those boisterous crowds, and I know that he loves shutting them up or keeping yeah. them quiet, and, doesn't he? I mean, Poulton, we always said, oh, he's never someone that we feel... I know he's not the biggest hitter, but he's not the shortest hitter. No, and he's very straight as well. Yeah, so actually, he if if suddenly it's the biggest thing... We don't know until the, the tournament starts. If it's suddenly saying you cannot go in the rough at all because it's thick and it's wet and you just can't get out of it um, or you can't you know reach the greens in it, then actually someone like Porter could do very well. Um, we'll have to wait and see. What about Tiger? 
Tiger. I mean, I. But it's hard to write him off, isn't it? <laughs> we can't write him off ever again now. And um, I be, hope he has a good, good week because it makes the tournament better. Um, I can't pick him as favourite. I, I just can't do it. Was he like ten to one? Or yeah, something? he's ten to one. Has he played since the Masters? No, but that's that but works in his favour, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? So he's he's obviously looking after himself and. Um, he was at Bethpage last won, week. Yeah, he has won on that course before. He, I mean, most courses Tiger goes to, we can say he's won at them before, but um, he's won a major there before. I think he was in the top five in 09 as well at the he, US Open. Possibly, I, cannot, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, um, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I just want to make sure, if he makes a cut, if he's in the top 20 going to the final two rounds, then he's in with a shout, in my opinion. I can't see anyone going away from the field. Famous last words on this. <laughs> but um, it feels like it's going to be one of those tight um, events where it's going to be go down to the back nine. So that would be, yeah, that's what we want. A back nine duel on the on the Sunday. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's my birthday on Saturday. Oh, way. is it? So uh, I am working Friday morning, playing Cambly Heath in the afternoon, coming back and watching Tiger in the evening and doing work as well. So Living the dream. What a Friday night. That was from someone who said last week he was going to give up golf. So uh, uh, Golf membership. <laughs> so, that yeah, that's more green fees I'm paying that is not accounted to my monthly direct debit. So okay, no. all right, relax. All right, don't... Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the game. Right, should we go on with the quiz? Uh, sorry, another thing. Oh. I think the USPJ Championship is a phenomenal major, and, yeah, I'm just very happy that it's here this week, when, really, it's considered the worst of the four, but back going back to the schedule changes, I think this has really helped, and we should view it as on the same level as the US Open. And Yeah. I, 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 I kind of agree with that. It's, it's, yeah. if, it's known as having the strongest field, do, if you're looking at the world rankings, because they most of the field is made up from that, it's not like an open where you have to qualify. You have to qualify for your world ranking, which obviously means that you're doing playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I think I agree with you that having it not as the last major anymore, and I think the open is going to make the open even better because yeah. the open suddenly is going to be that last thing. It's going to be different. It's going to be away from America, and everyone's going to be flying over trying to. Trying to get there, trying to get the, that last chance for the year to to win a major championship. So. And this is um, this is the hundred and first PGA this week as well, so it's older than the Masters. Yeah, probably not older than the US Open, is it? I don't know how old that is, but yeah, a very historic event. Great foundations run by the PGA of America. Looking forward to it. Anyway, as I said, shall we move on to the quiz, which yeah. is a US PGA Championship quiz? I'm told, which Sam has done for us. So, as ever, ten questions. Play along at home. Hopefully you do better than us. At the moment, scores are Elliot 10, Tom 5. Did you win last week? No, you did. By one. Remember on the last last one? Oh, yeah, OBE, wasn't it? Yes. Or MBE, I yeah. can't remember. Exactly. So, ready? Are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Question one. Who has won the most PJ Championships? Do you know? Not sure. Question two. There are three golfers missing the PGA Championship from their major win tallies. Arnold Palmer and Jordan Spieth are two, but who is the third? That doesn't really make any sense. Is that from Grand Slam tallies? Yeah, actually, say that again. There are three golfers missing the PGA Championship from their major win tallies. I think that means Grand Slam major win tallies. No, Spieth hasn't won the Grand Slam. Yes, that's what he's saying. So if Spieth... So they've got all the other ones. Yes. So there's three golfers who have won the Masters, the US Open and the Open Championship but are missing the PGA Championship. One's Arnold Palmer, one's Jordan Spieth. Who's the third? I have no idea. I think I've just pulled a very good name out of the hat there. I'm thinking a lot here. I might come back to that. <laughs> Question three. What is the name of the PGA Championship trophy? Yes. Got one. Question four. The former department store owner. Okay, thank you. Question four. In which of these months has the PGA Championship never been played? June, March or November? 
In which of these months has the PGA Championship never been played? June, March or November? Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm completely guessing. Uh, question five. Name the course in New York that has hosted the PJ Championship the most times. Name the course in New York that has hosted the PJ Championship the most times. Oh, God. I... Hmm. Okay. Question six. Who holds the record for the lowest aggregate 72-hole total score at the PGA Championship? Who holds the record for the lowest aggregate 72-hole total score at the PGA Championship? I know the to-par score. Yeah, well, Is it the same guy? I don't know. <laughs> Put it down. Question seven. Aside from Tiger Woods and Lucas Glover, name another golfer who has won a PJ Tour event at Beth Page Black. Well done, Sam. We've just spoken about that. Question eight. How long will Beth Page Black be playing during the tournament? Nearest wins? Closest wins. Oh, right. I, I was looking at this earlier. Was I? I can't remember what it was. I've put down a number. Have you put down a number? I don't know if that's the tournament length. Oh, well. Question nine. How many courses are there at Bethpage State Park? Ooh. I've written down a number. Yeah. And question ten. In what year is Bethpage Black set to host the Ryder Cup? What year are we in now? Okay, right. Oh, I think you've got that right. What? Hey? Don't worry. <laughs> I'm still trying to think of an answer for question two. I've got that right, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I'm just... Right, okay. I've, I've panicked. I've panicked to put down a number. Right, here, uh, uh, put down a name. Right, here we go. Question one. Who has won the most PJ Championships? Uh, Jack Nicholas and Walter Hagen. Um, Jack Nicholas is the answer. Oh, interesting. Did you put Nicholas as well? Yeah. Do you do you lose a point there for? <laughs> no. You said that very confidently. I thought that was right. Oh, okay. Well, he says Jack Nicholas, and I've written Jack Nicholas. Question two: There are three golfers missing the PJ Championship from their Grand Slam major win yep. days. Who is it? Who have you gone for? I've gone for Gary Player. I've gone for Tom Watson. It's Tom Watson. Oh, yes. Uh, question three. What's the name of the PJ Championship trophy? Is the Wanamaker trophy? Yeah. Question five. In which of these months has the PJ Championship never been played? June, March, November. What did you say? I went for November. I went the for... The obvious ones. I went for June. It's March. Oh, what? Well, they, play, they do play golf in November, don't they? If you think about it. Yeah. Um... Okay, question five. Name the course in New York that has hosted the PGA Championship the most times. Now, I didn't get this. I think this, I'm hoping this is a trick question. I'm going to say it's Beth Page Black. What have you put? Oakmont. Oh, Oak Hill. Oh, that was a guess. <laughs> I, I didn't have a clue there. I thought he was going to be trying to be tricky. Obviously not. Question six. Who holds a record for the lowest aggregate 72-hole total score of the PGA Championship? Who have you gone for? I've gone for Jason Day. Oh. I know he shot 20 under at Whistling Straits, oh. which was the record. Oh, well, I've gone for Kupka. Oh, it's Kupka. Oh, Come on. It must have been a past 17. 264, apparently. Come on. Um, oh. <laughs> question seven. Aside from Tiger Woods and Lucas Clover, name another golfer who's won a PGA Tour event at Beth Page Black. Patrick Reed. Yeah. Oh, and Nick Watney, apparently. Says here. Oh, yeah. Um, what's Nick Watney's odds this week? Probably not playing. No, he won't be playing, will he? Yeah. Question eight. How long will Beth Page Black be playing during the tournament? What do you go for? Seven, five, four, six. <laughs> really? 
I've gone for seven four five six. That's very odd. So are you? I've gone for seven five four six. You've gone for seven four five. Yeah. Six. Okay. <laughs> seven four six eight. Ah, so that's mine. That's very odd. Yeah, that is odd. Well, so maybe. The, well, have we both gone for those numbers? There must be a reason for that. Um, you win that. Damn. Question nine. How many courses are there at Bethpage State Park? I think five. Ooh, I went for six. Five. Yellow, green, blue, red and black. I think we're level. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got five as well. So it's all down to the last one. Oh, we're both going to get this right. Which we've probably both got. In what year is Bethpage Black set to host the Ryder Cup? 2024. 2024. Have we got a tiebreaker? No tiebreaker on here. Should we go get a tiebreaker question? No, it's no, we can't change it. All right. Six out of ten for six me. Six out of ten. It's eleven six is the the score yeah. for the year. Can't I just can't seem to get a proper win under my belt? Uh, I wonder if anybody did better out there. They must have done. Yeah, must have done. Must have done. There's some tough questions there though. Yeah, well done, Sam. Brilliant. Except for that one, which was a bit dodgy. But other than that, really good. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to look back at what happened this weekend at Bethpage and if it's a brand new major winner or if Tiger's on the second leg of a Grand Slam or something mad like that. Uh, As ever, if you do listen to us um, via iTunes, do leave us a review and rate us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via your usual podcast provider. And do check us out on social media, especially this week, um, at Golf Monthly on Instagram, at Golf Monthly on Twitter, and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Thanks for listening, Elliot. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Enjoy the PGA Championship. You too. You too and all the other golf we're playing. And uh, we'll speak again next week. 